Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. On today's show, we're going to talk about a number of things taking place across the country, challenges to our freedoms, to our liberties. And to help me do that today, we're real blessed to have with us uh, none other than Pastor Peter Mord, who actually heads up the uh, Church Engagement Office uh, for Pacific Justice Institute, as well as the Church Finds Its Voice Project. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brad. It's awesome being here. Yeah, you know, First, Peter, I wanted to just to talk about what you're doing mm-hmm. uh, with PJI and uh, specifically uh, the Church Finds Its Voice Project uh, out of your office there in, in uh, Palmdale, California. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's taking place? Because this is exciting yeah. to see. People oftentimes they say, ah, someone should do something. We should get people out there to vote, and, and Christians are too complacent. Yeah. Well, the project you're working on, Church Finds Its Voice, isn't just talking it's actually succeeding in getting people out there to vote who need to be voting. Yeah, we're trying to point churches and pastors uh, to live out the Sermon on the Mount where he said, don't hide your light under a bushel, be salt and light in a dark day. We're in a dark day, and we believe the only way to share the light and to be the salt that creates thirst, people aren't going to want it unless we get out there and, and we make our voices heard. Yeah, and, uh, and you're doing just that, uh, you know, Thousands of churches Yes, uh, you've made contact with, are making contact with. And more importantly, churches are getting off the bench and into the game. And they're saying, we're no longer just going to be you know, on the fence. Uh, I tell many pastors, the devil owns the fence. Uh, you're no longer on the fence, but now you're actively being a part of your community. You're encouraging people to vote their values. You're encouraging people to be involved. Uh, and you're doing what you can in your community. A lot of times we look nationally and we say, oh, it's all lost. Or we look in California and say, oh, we can't. No, you can. In your city, in your area, you can make a difference. You know, the stakes are, are high in the next presidential election. Many people think, oh, well, we got the Supreme Court. Yeah. We got the it's six to three and, and great things are coming down for the Supreme Court, uh, protecting religious freedom for workers, religious freedom for employers, business owners. Uh, protecting the the preborn through the Dobbs decision, uh, yeah. parents' rights to uh, have their child go to a Christian school instead of a public school mm-hmm. um, through the voucher uh, being approved by the Supreme Court voucher program, school vouchers. So it's they're real encouraged, but one thing they don't realize, and that the the left is just really chomping at the bit of this possibility of possibly being able to replace two of those justices, Alito. And Thomas, mm-hmm. they're reaching points in their life where that is very viable, that they may need to step down or, or something much worse, perhaps, mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. are no longer on the bench. And if uh, from 20, 2024 to 2028, if that happens, uh, all bets are off. The majority could shift, and the, the leftists on the court would probably seize the opportunity to reverse everything that was just done uh, that is going back to the original intent of the Constitution yeah. and, uh, and re- reenacting Roe versus Wade. 
it's, it's that easy to take place if churches are complacent this coming uh, 2024 presidential election and Senate races as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had some huge wins in the Supreme Court recently, and sometimes victory can cause complacency in, yes. that, in that area. But I, I think that you're exactly right, that we need to look at this le- election as if it's the most important election of our lifetime. I believe it is. And not just look at it nationally, like I said, but look at, okay, who do I know that I could talk to? What sphere of influence has God given to me? And the other thing that I think is interesting about the point you made about the Supreme Court is God is the one that sets up and and places down. God's the one that gives Mm. us favor. God's the one that puts judges on their seats. So yeah, absolutely. We need to vote our values and vote for the more conservative candidates. Uh, But ultimately, we need to pray that God would have mercy on us and allow right. that court to, to stay the way it has been because a lot of the decisions that have come down have reversed decisions from 20, 30, 40 years ago. You know, this last Sunday, I was blessed to be able to uh, guest preach at a church in Sacramento. Mm. Uh, Pastor uh, Mike Rogers heads up that church, uh, Faith Baptist Tabernacle in North mm. Highlands. And I uh, got to preach on uh, Esther mm. and uh, from the book of Esther and uh, one of the points I made in the message, which came alive from the scripture, uh, was uh, the fact that, you know, yeah, things turned against the people of Israel. They were all going to be killed by uh, an edict from the king mm-hmm. and uh, with the, the, the help of the uh, evil, uh, you know, ha- uh, Hammond, you know, so he was, yeah. uh, he was engaging yeah. in that. And, and well, as it turns out, God, through Esther, granted grace, uh, Mordecai, was elevated. Yeah. Uh, the bad guy was taken out. Yeah. Mordecai was elevated. And then they got a, a command from the king. He says, look, I can't reverse the order I gave to allow the Jews to be killed on March 7th. But here's what I can do. Mordecai, I'm giving you authority. He was Jewish. Um, and I'm giving you the authority to issue an order with my, my insignia from my ring to pronounce the ability for the, the Jews to defend themselves and protect themselves. Yeah. And things changed, and not only did they defend themselves, but the, a lot of the people who were opposed to them, out of fear for the God of Israel and the Jews, converted to Judaism, to yeah. be followers of God instead of the, yeah. the pagan gods. Yes. So God can use, my point is, God has given us, I believe, by God's grace, and what happened in 2016, three Mordecais on the Supreme mm. Court, wow. which have now granted us favor to go into the workplace, defend the ki- in the schools, protect the preborn. Unlike ever, this opportunity to move yes. forward. The key, though, is: Are we going to act like the people, the Jewish people at the time they were given that opportunity, with so boldness good. and courage, yeah. and take the land yes. and do what was needed and defeat the evil? That's that's the opportunity. So I see God opening up this opportunity. Yeah. And now the question is, are we going to have the courage and the compassionate love to move forward? Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, at the end of the service, we had two people raise their hands to receive Jesus. That's awesome. As Lord and Savior, which yeah. is, uh, I think I love preaching the word and seeing people come to Jesus more than suing Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Um, although I love to sue Planned Parenthood. Yeah. But uh, the point is, is that we have this opportunity. Yeah. And what you're doing is so important to help enable and empower churches to like register their voters yes. in their church, to have voter registration Sundays. Yeah. 
So Esther, the, the key phrase in Esther is for such a time as this. Right. And I just believe that for such a time as this, pastors have been put in the position to where they're either going to take the cowardly route and try to, and try to maintain neutrality, which they can't. They're, they're going to be forced to one side or the other. Or they're going to be courageous. And they, they're going to be courageous enough to tell their people that this is not red versus blue. This is good versus evil. And we need, to, we need to start standing on the principles that the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about abortion. Uh, the Bible talks about some of these things that we're going to talk about today on the show. So uh, one man, one woman, for life. So all of these things are, are in the Bible. And pastors just need to start preaching the Bible and encouraging involvement uh, beyond just church attendance. Now, this last election, before the last election, mm-hmm. uh, you with your efforts in the uh, church engagement, Church Finds Its Voice Project, you were successful in getting about 500 churches to do voter registration right. Sundays. Yeah. What's your goal for this next election in 2024? Yeah, we'd love to see 1,000 churches uh, you know, do voter registration. It's a, it's, a, it's a tall ask, but back to Esther, uh, she had some tall asks. She had some, she, the odds were stacked against her. And, and I think that a lot of times we don't do things because we don't think God is big enough to help us get them done. And so for, for us, we're just asking, okay, I believe there's enough churches out there that want to be involved. We can, we can equip them. Uh, we can help them. But they've got to make the decision. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that, that, that faith is, is just a feeling. It's not. It's a decision. You have to make that decision. And God will always bless faith. But we have to pay, take the first step. Let's say there's someone out there listening to this saying, you know, my church hasn't had a voter registration Sunday. And I, you know, maybe that the pastor... You know, it thinks this is uh, unconstitutional, or is going to lose our we lose our tax exempt status, which is not true. Right. Uh, or maybe they're just they're just not aware that they can do this, or, right. or how it's done. Because to say you know do voter registration Sunday, the average person out there is going to say, well, how do I do it? What do I do? Yeah. Where can they go? We can actually make this very easy. Your Absolutely. office makes it very easy. Yeah. What What do they do? Where can yeah. they go? Yeah. First of all, I would say be the champion. So you champion this cause. Don't go to the pastor without, without a solution. So you say, I'm your solution. And you go to pgi.org and go to four churches. You're going you're to see all the resources for voter registration. You're going to learn it. And then you're going to go to the pastor and say, hey, there's a problem. We, we've never done voter registration, but I have the solution. I can set up a table and I know how to order the forms and I know, I know what to do and I know what to say and, and here's how we can do it. What do you think? Now you're bringing him a solution. You're the yes. champion for the cause. <laughs> and that is so important. You know, in, in management, that's one thing they tell, they tell you in management, is that uh, people can come to you with a problem, Yeah. but uh, people who are, who are under your management, they come to you with a problem. You know, my rule has always been, come to you with a problem, uh, that's okay, but at least give me just one potential solution that you've thought of. Yes, yeah. Something to work with. Yeah. It may not be the one we go with. But give something. So that same principle applies here. Yeah. Pastors, you know, they've got a lot of their mind, and they don't need another problem uh, that is without a solution. So right. the solution is, you know, we can make that solution very easy. Yeah. Show how to do it. How we can. You guys provide support. You provide follow up. Sure. And they also know that Pacific Justice Institute is behind this. We have attorneys. We're experts. So they don't ever have to feel like they're going in alone. We don't charge for our work. Right. We make it very, very easy for their church's voice to be heard. Yeah, yeah. And sure. uh, once again, where do they go? PGI.org, and it's the tab that says four churches right on the homepage. 
And it's, it's there, and they can contact you, contact yep. your staff people that we have there in that office, that yeah. church engagement office in, yeah. in Palmdale. And uh, this does, doesn't just apply to California. This applies to anywhere in the United States. Did you know that PJI is the only legal defense nonprofit in America that serves state citizens by fighting state legislatures across the country to ensure unconstitutional or corrupt bills don't become unconstitutional or corrupt laws? That's right. For over 12 years, PJI's Center for Public Policy has generated success by standing firm in opposition to unconstitutional or immoral state bills which makes it easier for our allies in the legislatures to kill these kinds of wrong-headed and even depraved pieces of legislation. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis, including our work through our Center for Public Policy, by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Peter, uh... We see examples where there's a silencing, uh, not just in the workplace uh, because of people in their faith, because we have lawsuits dealing with that and the pronouns, but we're seeing this take place in public schools mm-hmm. more and more. Mm-hmm. Students from, from Christian families are being silenced, intimidated, punished. And there's one in particular that just popped up recently, and I believe it was in Glendale, California. What happened there? Yeah, there were two students that. Um, I can't tell if they were doing it on purpose or by accident, but um, they misgendered a transgender student in their school. And you say misgendered. So it, let's say it's a, a, a biological boy, and they had the audacity to use the word he when they were talking about him, but in reality he's now dressing like a, a she or wants to be, see themselves as a she? Yeah, and the, and, and the article that I read didn't say what pronouns, but I mean the, the, the most confusing thing is that it could be they, them, Zer, the, there are these demoness pronouns now. I mean, it's it 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 honestly is so hard to keep all of it straight, and so really um, they misgendered, meaning they used the pronouns that the person who had transitioned, the young person who had transitioned in the school, um, th- they didn't use his or her preferred pronouns, and so that student got offended, went to the principal. And the principal, uh, Jennifer Earl, she didn't just bring the kids in and work it out. She suspended the two kids that, that misgendered for five days. And it was unprecedented. They, they never, we've never seen anything like that. And so uh, obviously the parents are upset. Um, but I think that this is, this is where we're heading. I think this is a, a little telltale sign of, of things to come. Yeah, basically... That principal punished these two children for saying what they knew was true and what they believed to be true. The Supreme Court, in the graphic design case that came out recently, uh, where the graphic design person says, look, I don't want to prepare a graphic design for a same-sex wedding. It violates my, my beliefs. The Supreme Court made it really clear in a very broad decision that the government cannot compel you under the First Amendment to say something that you believe is a lie that violates your, your conscience, that you, you just know is not true. This principle is trying to compel these two students to, to speak forth a lie and use a pronoun that they know is not true, is blasphemy to God, the creator. And, and not only did she just reprimand them, she suspended them for five days? So 
five days, but then they couldn't come back unless they agreed to do something that I'm just learning about, and it's called restorative justice. Restorative justice is basically a programming class that, that says, here's, what you, here's why you said what you said. Here's why you did, and here's, here's how you're going to restore it. You offended that person. You didn't do the right thing because you have this, you know, cisgender mindset and this, you know, oppressor mindset and, 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 and they try to basically reprogram. Well, can I tell you where that, where restorative justice happens all the time? In communist countries right. where, where if you make a mistake or you don't speak in line with their narrative, you have to go to these camps and these classes to reprogram you. And so it, it wow. really blows my mind. And by the way, they won't be let back in the school if the, unless they go to that restorative justice program. I think people understand that this restorative justice program is not, likely not something that that particular school created. No, it's not. This is something out there that public schools across America, folks, can be implementing against your child, and you may not even know about it. So I think parents need to, to inquire and say, does our school district have some kind of restorative justice to program children who uh, refuse to, to lie and use a pronoun that is, that is false and blasphemous to, uh, against their creator, uh, you know, against God? I think that's a good thing. Of course, they'll probably be lied to if they do have it. Uh, so you may want to be a little more less obvious on your position on it. You know, but I think that's, that, this, is, this is real. It's happening yeah. right now as we speak. And I will say also... Um, those two children, their parents, and parents out there in similar situations, if you have something like this happening, contact Pacific Justice Institute. Go to pji.org. We're here to represent you, to take on these thugs in public education, trying to indoctrinate and mess up your, the minds of your children and confuse their chil your children. That's what we're here for without charge. Uh, go to pji.org and... Request help, and we're here to serve you. Did you know that PJI preserves students' rights to share their faith and protects them from indoctrination? We also provide free resources to help promote evangelism within the public schools and educational resources to give parents legal advice for choosing an alternative to public education. Keep current on the educational landscape by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Uh, this is this is tragic. It's it just happened recently in Glendale, California, and this is laid out to happen all across the country, particularly in blue states or school districts like Dallas, Houston, Austin, Texas, yeah. that are dominated by those who bow the knee to this kind of agenda. Yeah. So let me get your take on something just from the law standpoint. Do you think that uh, it would be a possibility for churches to establish a biblical justice? Instead of restorative justice, biblical justice. I wonder if school districts like Glendale Unified School District would allow churches to come in and say, oh, you have your restorative justice, we have our biblical justice. Uh, can we teach that? I, I don't know. I'm just curious if, if you think that that would win in, in liberal districts like that. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Pro probably not. Probably but, not. But you I know what? You. Uh, I think something like that actually is very positive. I would, I would love to see... Churches across America, Bible-believing Christian churches, have uh, 
a program or have something, a, an instructional time, where they teach a biblical worldview perspective mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. these issues dealing with LGBTQ. Yeah. Um, in love and understanding, you know, what is it? Where does it come from? Why do kids have these feelings uh, dealing with LGBTQ? Uh, what is it from a biblical perspective? Uh, what does the stats show in terms of uh, the welfare of those who, who fall into this, this trap? What happens to them uh, statistically, psychologically, uh, medically? What's, what are the ramifications? Mm-hmm. Uh, the death mm-hmm. rate, mm-hmm. Uh, permanent sterilization. I think our kids, they just need to have the truth. Part of that truth is understanding it from a, a biblical worldview, to understand culturally where our perspective comes from and, and biblically yeah. wh- where it comes from. Uh, but, yeah, this is, this is outrageous, but what's really outrageous about it is, to me, is the fact it's not isolated. This is something in the mindset and the dogma of I would say probably a majority of schools, school districts, school boards across America, at least in, in the blue states, in a yeah. blue and in, in, in large cities. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think that people often get lulled into this complacency to say, well my school district's okay. And I would just ask yourself, do you know what's being taught? Do you know if this program, even even in your so-called conservative public school, if it's a public school district, chances are some of the stuff has creeped in. And I think you, you would be wise to be a vigilant parent to say, I wonder if they're pushing this stuff on my kids. And the reason why I brought up, brought up the biblical justice, you know, as, as kind of tongue in cheek, I think it would be great to do, but it's because they, they take this restorative justice position and they take these positions about, you know, taking these kids and, and, and punishing them and making examples of them because they want to be more inclusive. Well, wait a minute. What, what about the kid who wants to you know, start a Bible club, but you told him no? What about the kid who you know, wants to talk about the biblical ideals? Are you going to let him? No, you're not inclusive. Right. You're, you're, you're just trying to shove your ideology down everyone's throat and, and call it inclusive, but it's not really because if you were inclusive, you would be inclusive of the Christian faith as well. Yeah, and in fact, implicit in this uh, restorative justice, if you will, is, is a mockery, probably, and a putting down of these kids and their, the faith of their family. Right. The Christian faith. I mean, it's, a, it's implicit in what they're doing. Yeah. That, that if you think this way, well, that's inferior. You're, you're closed-minded. You're narrow-minded. You're whatever, uneducated. Yeah. And that's what our children are being taught. And statistically, it's, it's unfortunate, but statistically, just in the last 10 years, we have seen a huge shift in percentage of kids who are denying the faith of their parents and families yes. because of this indoctrination, which is already there in the public yeah. school curriculum. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, we need to call it out. Um, that's what we're doing. And folks, if you know people out there who need representation assistance in regarding this, these kinds of issues, please have them go to pji.org pji.org. Also, you can sign up to get our free uh, e-newsletter, Legal Insider, to keep up with our many cases. We have over 180 cases in active litigation right now, coast to coast. We have uh, 31 offices in 24 states. So we're here to serve you without charge. Go just go to our website, pji.org. You know, we've also seen churches uh, succumb to a lot of this new ideology like woke for example mm-hmm. a lot of them thought oh this is good this sounds so good and so loving to 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 do the woke thing and uh to to right the wrongs of the past to call one group 
uh, oppressed than another group. Uh, you should, should have guilt and, and, and self-condemnation because of their skin color. Uh, this, this woke movement uh, we see is, has been very problematic in the church. What's, what's going on? Yeah, so it, it all comes back to what Jesus was talking about with the desire to please others. And he said those who, who are doing things to please others, he was talking about religious leaders, uh, hypocritical religious leaders, he said they have their reward. They're doing it for the praise of man. They're doing it because they fear what man think. So here you have a lot of, lot of uh, leaders, both in America but also in Europe and in England, uh, that they are, they're, they're really bowing to the approval of man, and, and they are specifically trying to please the, the leftist movement in our society. Uh, something positive, folks. Uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs of uh, Calvary Chapel of uh, Chino Hills. Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be putting on a big rally, if you will, on September the 8th. And it's going to be to encourage us Christians to get off the bench and really live our faith in a committed way. Uh, if you want information about that, uh, I encourage you to uh, go to the we- his website, uh, Real Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, you'll see it on there. We actually have one of our shows uh, as well. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at pji.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.